0: Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners.
1: Niners. And the wide open and down to the 45.
0: Sure, Fisher, let me ask you something. Hey, coach, go ahead. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? Oh what is up, Niners Nation? It is. Right
1: off week. The end zones are red. They're being painted red. They're not quite red yet. Come on. We, we gotta, we gotta stay up to the minute.
0: The Niners will be facing the Packers. Saturday night, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Brian, will you be in attendance at 5 Pacific? I will be there. I bought my uh, ticket to go
2: there. I am going to be a. I'm not going to drive. I don't even want any opportunity for anything negative to happen. So, yeah, I have a ride down there and then I have a ride coming back and I'll be there. It's supposed to rain. I will. uh, I guess be wearing a lot of my North face gear along with a, a Jersey somewhere in there. And uh, yeah, but I'll be there. I'm excited. Is that
1: co- now, is that confirmed? Not your, what you're wearing, but is the weather actually confirmed? Cause I, I keep hearing it's, it's going back and forth.
2: It's back and forth.
1: Okay. I All right. The atmospheric river is supposed to start, I think
0: tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <River>. <laughs> so. Niners talk of-
1: where you not only get a lowdown on the game of the 49ers franchise, but. You also get some pretty good meteorologists, or at least we're pretend meteorologists. I mean, that's yeah. what they've been talking about on all the channels right now. Oh, what's the weather for Saturday?
2: What's, what's going to be happening at game time? So the chance of rain, I think there's a big possibility of rain.
1: So yeah, we'll see, I guess, what happens. Sounds, sounds like a typical Northern California winter, but obviously the 49ers are just going to go absolutely to pieces if the precipitation goes above 2%. Apparently. Well
0: we do know that there's gonna be one person in the world not wearing a jersey. So Tim, how are those <laughs>
1: how
0: are you how are you feeling?
1: <laughs> well, a little a little like somebody went for the juggler just a few seconds ago. Well, I am hey, Look, it's playoff time. It's this is where the 49ers wanted to be from training camp. They wanted to get the number one seed. They got it. They have the first round by. They're rested. It is all about executing now. The 49ers are coming into this game pretty much 100% healthy. And they're going to be playing a Packers team that is, came off. I I, I will say this, John, the Packers game against the Cowboys. First of all, I didn't think the Cowboys would play that poorly. I really thought the Cowboys were going to come out of that one on top given not only their home record, but I really didn't see the Cowboy offense or particularly the Packer defense stymie the Cowboys as much as they did. And granted, Cowboys made a lot of self-inflicted mistakes, but to have a route at at and mm-hmm. Stadium where the game was essentially over at the start of the fourth quarter, I did not see that coming. So the 49ers, they're having a team that's going to come in on pretty much a hot streak there. You count the regular season, they've got a four-game win streak Jordan Love is playing as well as anybody in the NFL right now in his first full season as a starter. So the 49ers, I don't think they're going to take the Packers lightly. I I think the 49ers are way too focused on their ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. They are playing with a chip on. They've been playing with a chip on their shoulder the entire season after last year's NFC championship game. But this is where your playmakers have to show up. This is this is the playoffs. This is where uh, legends are made. This is where I think back to remember when. And this is where Debo, Brock, CMC, Bosa, Fred, this is where you sign these guys and you expect them to make plays at this point in the season. So here we are.
0: Yeah. And then for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, or some of our faithful listeners. I'm John, joined by my brother, Tim, and my brother from another mother, Brian. We're three obsessed Niners fans who get together weekly to talk about Niners football. We've been doing this since July and now we're here at playoff time. So if you get a chance, give us a follow, leave us a review, but yeah, that, that was a big surprise on, what was it Sunday or Saturday when they played, but All the, all the days kind of blurred together because it was just a football marathon, which I enjoyed her hardly, but it was impressive. Uh, what was probably most impressive to me was Jordan love in, in his first playoff game, he looked poised, he looked new where he knew where to go the ball. And I find it, I found it rather interesting that the Packers are back in the playoffs first year that Aaron Rogers is not there. And I kind of wonder, I'm like, is there a big stone off of your back right now? And just just saying, so I don't think he'll be on our show as much as Pat McAfee, but yeah, I, I, I'm I, looking I don't know, John, he, can... he
1: may be looking for a new podcast, so I don't know if we were going to slam the, the door shut. We'll just, we'll have to brush up on current events and dust off our chemistry, biochemistry wow. books and. And so forth. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers would decide to pay us a visit,
0: anyway, more <laughs> likely things that will probably happen. So, Niers are getting healthy. CMC is back at practice. There's been a few guys who still haven't played out uh, price yet. Greg Greenlaw is kind of the biggest one that I can uh, think of, but I think uh, the Niers are about ready to go. So, any thoughts? Tim, on just the Packers in general, what you saw in that game?
1: I think number one, as you said, John, what impressed me was Jordan Love's poise. The Cowboys blitzed him frequently, and he was consistently able to throw against that rush. One play in particular, I want to say it was in the second half. He he blitzed, they were blitzed, and he threw off his back foot, and he delivered about a perfect a pass as you could ever imagine. So. He was, frankly, what I thought Dak Prescott would be in this game. And if you had told me that he would perform that well versus uh, the Cowboy defense, that has been known. Well, they've got some great players. I mean, Micah Parsons, we mentioned him quite a bit. But I, I think after that first drive, I was watching First Take on ESPN the day after. And after that first drive, the Cowboys, the, Cowboy, the, the Packers, first of all, they win the toss, they elect to receive, which in today's NFL is unheard of. Not only do they get the ball, they go right down the field and score. And the Cowboys looked stunned. As in, almost in like this isn't supposed to be a game.
0: Yeah, and hindsight it was a brilliant by Mike LaFleur because he knows that if the Cowboys get ahead, they're just gonna pin their ears back. So get ahead. But it's better to get ahead than have to wait until the second quarter when you may lap the field. So,
1: yeah, I I think the other surprise, John, was how well the Packer defense performed against the Cowboys. Now, I know if you look at the final stats, it looks like the Cowboys were able to move the ball, and at times they were, but a lot of those yards start coming in. Well, frankly, we'll call it garbage time, and they forced the Cowboys into what we know has been their Achilles heel when the 49ers have played them, not only this year, but in the two playoff games in the last two seasons, you put the game on Dak's shoulders and he can start pressing. And when he starts pressing, mm-hmm. he makes turnovers. And that's exactly what happened. That pick six right before the half was so telling of Dak thinking, I'm the guy and I've got to make a play here. Mm-hmm. And I think the Packers' defense, which is in suspect, played their best game of the year. Yeah,
0: he just, Dak wasn't playing free and loose. Brian, so you are a resident. San Francisco in who is not freezing their balls off right now. I don't know if balls is something I have to mark as explicit content, but I'm going to say no. Anyway, so what have all of the chattering heads at KNBR been talking about this week with Nars? Because on the East Coast, it's all, the Eagles are going to fire everybody and get Bill Belichick, or... Dallas is going to fire everyone and get Bill Belichick. And by the way, just this, just in Mike McCarthy is going to stay for another year. So. Hey, go, Bill Belichick ain't going down. But, but what's been, what's been the scuttlebutt in.
2: I think the, I think the Niners are, they know how hot green Bay has been. So they're not taking them lightly at all. And mm-hmm. I think there's a sort of caution and an optimistic caution. That's kind of going through the, the, the stratosphere here. So. They know Jordan Love is young. He's quick. He can throw. And they got Aaron Jones. They got a bunch of young wide receivers. So I, I think that's kind of the that's been kind of the theme lately. So you know, I didn't get to watch a lot of the game. I was kind of in transit. And then when I finally got to watch it, it was like 14 zip Green Bay when I texted you guys. And then I happened to be on a plane. But I was able to watch some of it. Mm-hmm. On my phone, and then there were there were some Niner fans on the plane who were watching <laughs> it on their on their phones. And when Dak threw that pick six, a few people audibly gasps in the on the Southwest plane, saying "Oh my god," or like "Whoa," or just it, it was kind of amazing to, just to to hear that and see that. So again, San Francisco isn't taking it lightly. I hope not. And they're going to make sure. I think they come to play. And I, I and I even did hear that report though about Mike. I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan saying that when it looked like it was already going to turn to Green Bay's way, he was already prepping for them. I think what mid game, yeah. uh, second quarter, second quarter, yeah. So definitely, I think I think because of that statement, I think the Niners are definitely. I think the media here is just trying to be cautiously optimistic about that. So I'm not taking them lightly at all.
0: Yeah, one thing before we get into our keys to victory, there was an absolutely fabulous article by David Lombardi that mm-hmm. came out, I don't know if it came out today or earlier or, or in the week on John Lynch in his first year as general manager, who had no executive experience and obviously had a lot of football experience, but that was his first role. And this unsung professor from Stanford, unsung in the Niners lore, but big in Silicon Valley, who helped him and Kyle kind of craft a vision statement of what they wanted in their team. And it was really, it's really very fascinating. It's actually good. Even if you're in business, it's a good business read. So I really enjoyed that. But you can see why they've been so successful over the last uh, four years. They had a vision seven years ago and it's really come to be. So if anybody has, yeah, I'd recommend that article, but let's get into our keys. Well, actually,
1: I want to comment. I I think it's, I want to echo that, John, because I did read it this evening. It's an excellent article because I think it speaks to not only the 49ers' success, but a lot of teams' success, which stems from the top. And when you talk about teams that have been consistent over many years, you can talk about the Niners, you can talk about the Steelers, you can talk about teams that year in and year out are, are competitive, period. And with the 49ers, it started with a philosophy of this is the team. This is the kind of team I want. And for the Niners, it was we want a strong, deep defensive line to put pressure on the passer given today's game. We want to be able to physically wear out teams with a strong running game and then go to the pass and go to the pass. But look at the kinds of wide receivers the 49ers have, have brought in. Of course, we've got Debo and IU. But even before then, someone like a Kendrick Bourne, someone like an Emmanuel Sanders, these are very physical, tough wide receivers who get just as much out of blocking someone than they do catching passes. At least that's what I see. And that's what I think the 49ers have been able to have. has been such a key contributor to the 49ers' recent success because we live in a time where it just seems like, hey, you plug in this free agent, you do the draft, and They've got talent, and then the talent will just magically produce itself. And you don't, and you see that consistently with teams in the NFL that don't ever quite put it together. Seattle's another uh, team that I think their culture has here now enabled them to be competitive. With a a very, they always look for a strong running game, a very tough secondary. That was Pete Carroll's vision for years. So. I just want to echo that, John, the David Lombardi article in The Athletic, I I think speaks more to how you put an organization together and get them to align to a vision that ultimately becomes your blueprint for success.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's shocking that so many of the Niners alumni like Adam Peters uh, just recently are are going on to own their teams.
1: Yeah, and I Uh I do wish Adam Peters uh, success. He's got a tough job in front of him, but he's a guy who I think You can, as I've told people, I know who are Washington football fans. I think you got a guy who can help build that organization. It's going to take a while, but I wish him the best.
0: Yeah. And you never know how quickly it'll turn around. Just look like the Houston Texans. Yeah. So, um, cool. Well, let's get into the keys to victory. So in our notes I had, and I I, kind of almost took this out, but then I kind of left it in because I didn't want to be too much like Icarus, but I'm like, don't be the Cowboys. Like, and I, what I mean by that before the football gods strike us down is don't do the same things the Cowboys did in terms of mistakes. And one of them was the Cowboys were awful against the run. Yeah. Against the Packers. And we're getting back. Hopefully Eric Armstead, hopefully he'll be able to play the whole game. He'll be able, to, him and Hargrave, clog those running lanes. And then let Fred and Dre, who hopefully will be playing, finish things up. I would not be surprised to see some five-man fronts, but I think they'll go with their usual base four, but they, they have to stop the run because that's what killed Aaron Jones was just, was just killing them. And when the Niners beat Dallas, they beat him with the run, Uh, Elijah Mitchell had a huge day, CMC had a huge day when they beat him twice. So that's the big one. Stop the run. So Brian, any other keys to victory? Uh, well, let's see here. I'm going to go
2: down the list here. I'm going to go with our um well, with CMC. So I know he played only a portion of the the last game. Um uh now I would guess that's like that's weeks back now. But he hasn't played he didn't play in the last game this season. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would love to see him back. Um I I don't know necessarily how good the Packers defense is against the run.
1: They are are actually like, I think, ranked
2: 28th. Ah, okay. Okay. So I know, I guess you guys noted here. Yeah. So definitely we're going to have CMC play big. I'm I'm sure they're going to feed him the ball tremendously, sprinkle in a little bit of Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell. But definitely I think the run game is huge. And as you guys were saying here, I think that's something that they'll, that Kyle will try to implement probably early and often as the game kind of goes on.
0: Now, Tim, you had an interesting mm-hmm. fact. Mm-hmm. This is the 10th time the Packers and the four have met in the playoffs. I know. And it really is a family affair. I mean, you had Holmgren, who yep. was a San Francisco guy, used their same offense. It's <laughs> literally like everybody knew exactly what the play was. Mm-hmm. And now you have Mike LaFleur, who used oh. to work for Kyle with the same kind
1: of offensive style. We can go even further than that, because Steve Mariucci was the quarterback's coach, and he faced off against Mike Holmgren. (laughs) Yeah, but as you said, this is the 10th time the 49ers and the Packers have met in the playoffs. The Packers in the 90s kind of owned the Niners for several years, with that one exception being the catch-two by Terrell Owens in the ninety eight. 97, 98, a wild card game. 98, 98. 98, yeah. and, but even then, it was, it was the, a wild, it, it, was, yeah. it was
0: 99, because I was at
1: January 99, yeah. Yeah,
0: I was at the Aquinas, and Mike Alman literally, and I, and I watched the game, and like, oh, <laughs> and i remember um, tim you were living yeah. with with
1: our was, aunt uh, yeah he said you
0: went after that game you had the best workout ever
1: yeah i was i was i was a young 20 something kid and i and i was trying to get buff and lift weights so i would say i don't do that much anymore but yeah i was so jacked <laughs> up that i just thought i i'd go and work off the adrenaline but Yeah, the last few years, the 49ers, of course, they met in the 2019 NFC Championship game where Raheem Mosser just went bananas. I think he had over 200 yards on, I think he had 220 yards on the ground. Of course, a couple years ago, they play in Lambeau and it's snowing and the 49ers get a block punt to tie the game. Hufanga picks it up and then Robbie Gould does what Robbie Gould did best. Kick the players into the NFC Championship (laughs) game. So, yeah, a lot of history. And yeah, it's gonna be just the next chapter this coming Saturday. So when I was
0: watching that Robbie Gould game with, with Tim, and we were all standing there in both disbelief that one who fought Homga well, had tied the game and second that Robbie Gould had kicked the field goal. He like him he goes, Why not us? Like what didn't expect this to happen.
1: Why not us?
0: Anyway, but getting back to the keys to victory. So Tim, what other keys to victory do you see?
1: Well, I think the 49ers, as Brian said, I, I expect the 49ers to come out and really try to establish the run. I, I I see a lot of CMC from the at the outset. I see Shanahan doing a lot of just a lot of motion as he normally does. I, I certainly would expect Debo on and around sweep to stretch out the the Packers defense. But the point is, is that they want to get physical with the Packers. They want to establish the run early and they want to keep Jordan Love off the field. And you go back to comparison, you compare that to the Cowboys game. The Cowboys got out of the game plan so fast because of what was happening with their defense. They had to play catch up, which meant you had to throw the ball to win. So... In that case, the Packers really didn't have to worry about the run there. As you said, John, when teams are playing with that much, the Packers at that point were able to pin back their ears and rush the passer. So the 49ers certainly want to counter that and they want to make sure that they're dominating the the, the line of scrimmage and the time of possession. And if you play those odds, then that's when the 49ers have been most successful this season. So, yeah, I think the 49ers against the 26th and 28th ranked run defense. I think Kyle sees a lot of opportunity for his running backs, CMC Debo. And I think you know, based on the way he played, wouldn't be surprised to see Mitchell get uh, a few carries there.
0: And all the guys you mentioned have big playoff experience. They played in big games. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, so one of my big keys also having watched the Cowboys Packers, was. Really, from the get-go, the Cowboys looked tight. Like, like the pressure had kind of got them Like, oh my god! Like, we have to go out there and we have to do all these things. And they weren't playing fast and loose and just reacting. They were overthinking all these things. And then, as as you had said, Dak's trying to be the guy. He's trying to fit in these windows. And then all of a sudden, what's a pick six, and then another pick six. And it's like, well. That's just, just don't be like that. Just play 49ers football, fast and loose, physical brand of football and trust in the plan and they should be able to come up. They're the number one seed versus a
1: seven seed. Yeah. And John, I, I just, I do want to mention that right now, all indications are that Armstead is willing to play. He was a full participant in today's practice. So I think that bodes very well for him lining up this coming, this coming weekend.
0: What about Dre Gray, and Clinton Farrell? Yeah, yeah well,
1: uh, so Greenlaw was limited in practice, but there has been no indication that he won't be uh, in the game. I, I think they've been keeping out more as a precaution, but they're just going to save him. But I would be very surprised if Greenlaw is not out there. Yeah. But as Brian said, Clinton Farrell looks like he will be out, which means that Randy Gregory and Chase Young Sid- are going to ask, we're going to see a lot more of them on the end. And Farrell has been a, a key part of that 49er defensive line. Now, they did bring in Gregory and Young for a reason. And I think Young does have seven sacks coming off. They're going to depend on him to to set the edge. And you want to talk about guys like Young and uh, Gregory, who yeah, I, I know that Young, I think, was in a playoff game a couple of years ago in 2020 when they did, when the uh, Washington did, did win the East. But this is a whole, I think, kind of different feel to him. He knows this team can go long. So, They've got every motivation in the world to to step step up their game and, but, and make an impact.
0: And if you want to set your contract, now is the time. time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Brian, are keys to victory? You see, I would say.
2: Well, you guys have on here. Don't be the Cowboys. Have fun with it. So that was that was my yeah. keep it loose.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just keep it <laughs> loose. Keep it <laughs> loose. Yeah.
2: I mean, but yeah. yeah the Cowboys... and, and don't go off the game plan, and obviously yeah. they went off the game plan. So. Yeah, keep it loose. Keep it fun. And as long as the Niners can keep on on their game plan of running the ball early and often, I think they'll have their way with them. I think you'll see a lot of Debo. You'll see a lot of George Kittle down the middle. I think it could potentially be a good, a fun day
0: all all around. to see. Yeah. So let's talk about the defense. And you
1: noted a few things here where the Niners have a really big advantage over the pack. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Packers, like other teams the 49ers have faced, have had trouble defending that soft middle. The most notable example was when the 49ers exploited the Philadelphia Eagles defense in, in early December. And they also have had a difficulty, their linebackers have had difficulty covering tight ends. And George Gittle is one of the best in the league, if not the best. I think you can make an argument for that. So... You put him in that soft middle, what he's capable of doing, I think that is advantage 49ers and certainly one that Shanahan is going to want to exploit. You go a little bit further, but John, you remember what Debo did against the Eagles in that middle, breaking tackles and going, it may, turning a 10-yard gain into something uh, a lot more, those yards after catch. That's something the Packers have had difficulty with all year. So... I think if the 49ers, like I said earlier, if they're establishing the run, then I'm just waiting for that, 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 oh, it's the play. I absolutely love. It's when it's that play action fake where Brock actually rolls out to his left and he hits Debo or he hits Kittle and that Mm -hmm. just plays they, when they set it up, that play is just money.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the the D, 49ers D, uh, because Steve Wilkes I don't, he's been in playoffs before, I, I, believe just can't remember with who, for those of you who wish Google that right now, but anyway, <laughs> look at well, it, up. it reminds me of another time the Nyers faced off against the pack in Lambeau. It was even colder than when they were there with the last time they were in Lambeau. And that's what Vic Fangio did to Aaron Rodgers. And I remember reading like Vic Fangio basically showed Aaron Rodgers a defense that had never been put on film and it confused Rodgers to hell and gone. And the Nyers defense had a good day. Tim, do you think Wilkes
1: might have something similar or he'll just kind of keep to his? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think number one, I think where you're going to see that kind of, particularly in the secondary. I think the Niners is going to line up with the four-man front. The expectation is that Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, and Young and Gregory, whoever's in there on the other end, they're going to be expected to get pressure on Love, and in particularly in, in the first half. If that doesn't happen, then we have seen Wilk shift to more blitzing. But I think he's going to try to disguise a lot of coverages for Jordan Love. I think he's going to be throwing a lot of things that look like zone, only to be man. And I think he's going to try to bait love into seeing that a window is there when it's really not. And I, I I compare it to what I think the Ravens did a great job against Brock Purdy on Christmas night, where there are a lot of coverages that Purdy simply had not seen. uh, And he was throwing into windows. He thought were there only to find out that they weren't. And what happened that night was, was four picks. So, you know, love right now is, is on a hot streak, but, He wants to make sure that he starts feeling some pressure. He wants him to throw that ball sooner than he wants to and not be able to extend the plays. So, yeah, I definitely see that opportunity. I I definitely see Wilkes looking for putting something there that Love simply has not seen yet.
0: Yeah, let's talk about our last key to victory because it's always one of our key to victory. And Brian, that's going to be turnovers.
2: Well, yeah, obviously you want to take the ball away from, from that team more. And then obviously you want to minimize whatever you give away. So as I think as Tim was saying about picks for for Brock Purdy, Brock's going to have to definitely look out, look out for the defense and, and just make sure he's not being fooled by any of the defensive disguises and not make any silly throws. And, and definitely just kind of react around the pressure around him. It's kind of interesting that I remember seeing this, I think was it this morning, that a lot of the Packers players are definitely kind of talking trash already. And I think there's one lineman on there, mm-hmm. a defensive guy, Devontae White, who's yeah. saying that if you put pressure on him, he's going to throw. He's always throwing off or behind them or it's overthrown or short. So when you get pressure on him, it's a guarantee we'll get a turnover. So that's going to be true probably for almost anyone who's playing quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so if, you, if you get pressure on him, if the pocket's collapsing, uh, of course that could happen, but that's just something Brock's going to have to look up. He's going to have to just kind of work around and and just make sure that if, if he's going to get under pressure, just make sure you throw it away or do something to just not, let's min- not give it back to the other team yeah. prematurely.
1: Yeah. So. I, and, and by the way, just also of note, when you score more points than the other team, you tend to win. <laughs> I, I know that's a shocking analysis for for some people, but the lessons start. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think or golf, the 49ers, or golf. Yeah, I, oh, don't poke holes in my argument. You're you're, you're, <laughs> you're, 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 me- you're messing with my you're, you're messing with my ego here, and we know how fragile that is. But yeah, I mean, Brian, as Brian said, obviously you don't want any turnovers. But the Packers are actually have some of the lowest takeaways in the league this year. So any opportunities they get, they obviously will have to take advantage. And of course, same thing for the Niners, but the Packers are tied for 23rd for, for takeaways uh, in the NFL. The other thing, of course, is penalties. You, you got you to limit the, particularly the defensive penalties on third down. Those are obviously killers that they extend the drive. So the 49ers, obviously, if if, if they bring... They're, they kind of game. And as John said, as you said it before, if they play on their term, I think they'll be successful.
0: Now let's, let's bring up a painful memory. I, I, I consider that almost a sacrifice to the football which gods. Time? All right. Like here's our All painful right, which memory. One? Yeah. Which one? We're not flying high. This is our painful memory. There was a time when the Vikings came into town and kicked the living shit out of the 49ers.
1: They had this wide receiver,
0: yes, yes. Anthony Carter, Anthony so, Carter. Now it's very similar to what's what the situation we have now. So Tim, would you like to tell us the story?
1: Sure. It was, the season was 1987. The Niners were one of the top teams in the league, probably the best team in the league at that point. They rolled into, it was also, it was also a strike year. So the Niners were 13 and two. They just dominated their last several opponents. The Vikings, similar to the Packers, they squeak into the playoffs. And their first wild card game, they play what I thought was an outstanding New Orleans team in New Orleans. Uh, this is a team where they had the linebacker Sam Mills, Ricky Jackson. I think the the Dome Patrol is what they were. They were
0: called. yeah, Fangio was their coach.
1: Yeah. So, and they came in and they just absolutely dominated the Saints and the Niners the Niners came out very tight i remember uh, reading an article a few years ago they talked about how tight bill walsh was that week that he was driving the team into the ground during practices and the team just felt worn out and the vikings just had they had their day anthony carter i think had 227 yards receiving he was catching everything and the vikings pass rush of keith millard and chris dolman put intense pressure on montana montana had a horrible day that was the day he was also benched in favor of Steve young so it just it like anything that we or we we've said you you can't ever take anything for granted in the nfl nothing is is a given i don't think the 49ers have taken the packers lightly but Jack, just to say you have these, you have these opportunities. They don't come along very often. And a, when a team like the Packers, they can get hot. They've won four straight, including against a great Cowboys. What I thought was a great, good Cowboys mm-hmm. team. Not, not only beat them, but just, as I said before, they, they routed them. They beat them yeah. soundly.
0: They're never, um, the Cowboys were never in the game.
1: Yeah. So they're coming into, they're coming into Levi's with a ton of confidence. So yeah. It could this be a repeat of the Vikings. We'll see. And I'm also kind of
2: reminded John and Tim about the Niners two years ago, 21 season, where they, again, that's where another team that barely squeaked into the playoffs yeah. and had a little bit of a run. So mm-hmm. they also beat we, the Cowboys. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> <that's laughs> really true. Oh, that's the common denominator. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they, as we talked about, I think last week where they had to win that last game just to even make it. Cause I think if they mm-hmm. lost, they would have been, they been uh, yeah. Against new Orleans in terms of the record, but yeah, barely squeaked in. They beat the they beat the Cowboys and and what the wild card round, and yep. then they beat up the uh, the one seed. Right? Wasn't the Packers the, the Packers same? were the one seed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tables have turned. So yeah, I think I think though they'll, they'll uh, hopefully the the Niners' coaching staff will definitely kind of know all these things and just keep keep everything loose, but also on point. So, and I do be honest, I think the Niners
0: have the leaders. That keep, we'll keep it, keep it right on the right track. But again, we had to offer up our sacrificial lamb, pay homage to the football gods and understand that yes, we are mortal, but the Niners should win. So on that note, let's yeah. just go to the diners trivia time with Brian. All right. I now, love playoff him. themed green Bay ish. Theme. All right, oh, Green Bay Green ish Bay-ish right?
2: theme. Okay, so I know I asked one question last week about about the yeah curly Lambo, yeah curly Lambo. Okay, yeah. So speaking of stadiums where Green Bay has played, what city and stadium did they play a slate of their home games? Milwaukee County Stadium. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well.
2: Okay, Milwaukee,
1: Wisconsin, where the Brewers <laughs> played, also featured in the movie uh, Major League. It was the stand-in for Cleveland Stadium. What yes. else you, What else you got? Oh my gosh! Well, I didn't.
0: I'm. I'm, I'm sure You name know, a season the Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I felt like for a while I was making these questions like super, super difficult, and then I started to throw like, "Oh, okay, I should find some like." Lighter ones, or maybe some softballs for you to get right. And now I think Tim is just like nailing them yeah. right off the bat.
1: So start asking me anything where I have to, you know, do math in my head, and I assure you, I will go zero for 16.
0: All right, well, by All right, the way, well the 16 was Joe Montana's number. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well,
2: this is an easy one. Speaking of Milwaukee, which former 49ers quarterback was born in the city of Milwaukee?
1: Colin Kaepernick. That's correct. I might as well just sit right back and not answer any questions.
2: <laughs> you, just, you
1: just relax, John. I got this. <laughs> you got this? <laughs> okay. All
2: right. So, and Tim, also, you mentioned yes. here, we, play the, we played the Packers four straight playoff games. 90, what's it? 96, 95, 96, 95,
1: 96, 95, 96 97,
2: 97 98. Yeah. 98. So we lost the first two. And then we, we lost the in first three. Well, we brought the first, we lost the, we've lost the first two. And then we got in a, we brought in a a new head coach to cover that. And then we ended up losing the third one. Yes. So name the former school that Steve Mariucci was at in his gap year. Cal. Between quarterbacks coach and.
1: Cal. (laughs) Okay. Cal Berkeley. Uh, University of California at Berkeley. It, and okay, and then uh, by the way, like, they finally moved the tree people out. I always saw that. That was about thirteen years ago, John. No, like, like it actually happened again. Oh, I it did. Actually, oh. the New York Times. Yeah, oh, People's, I... Peoples Park is being
2: is being made for housing, which yeah, uh, you know, obviously a big deal in in that. Yeah. Okay, so let me see if you know the answer to this one, Tim. Okay, which position coach? Which positions did he coach at Cal? He was also, in addition to him being a head coach, he was previously, previously there. as A.
1: You may get me on this one. I'm going to go quarterbacks coach. He had a few other things too. Offensive coordinator. He was. I would say like coordinator. It's probably like
0: one of those rando, like tight ends coach or wide receivers coach.
1: You know what? I'll, I'll throw a shot in the dark. I'll say special teams.
0: Man, you guys are just, well, obviously it's all show in the
2: dark because he's a more an offensive mind, but yes, he was the wide receivers coach and special teams coach 87 to 89. And then he was their offensive coordinator in 90 and 91. So yeah. And then, then he went to the Packers. He got hired by Holmgren for a couple of years as a QB coach and then back to Cal and then back to San Francisco. Okay. Last question, the, the quarterback of the. The Packers is Jordan Love. What college did he go to and where, what is his hometown? What city Hmm. and state? Well,
0: he came from Utah State. That's right. And I'm going to guess Provo,
2: Utah. I'll go with John. You want me to give you the answers or do you want to wait? Yeah, it's the the only, it's the only one. Let's let's,
1: let's go. uh, Yeah, let's go for the answers.
2: Okay. Okay. So he's actually from Bakersfield, California. Uh, Oh,
1: right. Yeah. yeah. I remember reading that I should have, I should have picked that up. I remember reading that earlier this week.
2: Yeah. His, his mother was, his dad was Berkeley. I'm sorry, Bakersfield PD. And his mom was CHP. He went to Liberty high school and then he got offered. He chose Utah state over Eastern Washington, Northern Arizona, Northern Colorado and Sac state. And. He was first round pick twenty-six in twenty twenty. So same year we got Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk. So I think he was a couple picks right after
0: Ayuk. So Yeah, so, that's Here's my trivia question. Right. What football movie features Bakersfield High School? Starring oh, well, Robin Williams and Kurt Russell. Best of times. go. <laughs> <know>. Very nice.
1: <laughs> and what was the name of their high school?
0: Oh no, but they had a
1: ride. Yeah, they were oh, gonna ride. The <laughs> <rock. laughs> <laughs> yeah. funny movie. Oh Taft. what 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 Taft. is the no, best right. what do you guys say is the best football movie? Uh, any year? given Sunday. I was gonna say any given Sunday. Yeah, I
2: would say that too. Yeah.
1: I mean all I all I have to do is like I used to have the Al Pacino speech on C D and I would listen to it before I would go work out. Like I was gonna go back and uh, relive my high school. <laughs> glory days well Well, i'm inches in front of you not really glory days in high school more like oh i get to play (laughs) kind of days in high school but anyway so
2: no no, like bobby boucher or or rudy rudy is a
1: good one rudy i I guess yeah when i first saw it but then they take they took so many liberties with the (laughs) story. it was like yeah, I remember Joe Montana's like, yeah, he was on the team and yeah, he yeah. got in the game and he got a sack. That, that's, and then i about
0: well, Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're really digging deep there.
0: Yeah. I would say the longest yard is probably one of my favorites. The old oh, one with yeah, Burton yeah, Reynolds. The, not the original old the...
1: longest yard. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good yeah. one.
0: Well, actually, another one. Mm. The yep. program.
2: Oh, they're,
1: yeah. doing, they're doing, they're right doing
0: with Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. But I was like, all oh, right, it's on." Yeah, I, I remember the, that. They had to cut the scene from they the had movie of the, the guys scene. lying in the street because, of course, people yeah. look out and did it. So, anyway. It was also brought yeah. to you by Disney. Remember, <laughs>
2: Jerry Maguire, that's a football-ish themed movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, 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 no. uh, <laughs> I, okay. I think it's... It, i I put that in the same category with Lucas.
0: Yeah, I know. Tom Cruise isn't tall enough to play football. So, getting off the movie thing, let's, let's right. talk. Let's talk <laughs> some other. There's other playoffs that happened. Oh yesterday. yeah, and yeah. I, there's two that were for me were, were great to see. Uh, one is the Texans. I mean, I felt bad for Cleveland, but D'Amico Ryan's what turn around. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they look both, both sides of the ball. Look at CJ Stroud just looks like he's been playing quarterback for a long, long time. He's been well coached. He went well coached at Ohio state, uh, came in obviously a lot of pedigree. Uh, but the, the defense for the Texans, D'Amico has has turned around, uh, with some of his draft picks. I think took a lot of that Lynch team building Mm -hmm. ideas to the Texans because that's a, that's, it's a 180. It's a complete 180. So, uh, but yeah, I just feel bad for Cleveland. Joe Flacco, just one last chance at glory, but the Texas just
1: looked awesome. So they did.
0: But let's talk, because you guys both went to Marin Catholic. Let's talk about the toast of Detroit.
1: Um, (laughs) Well, I think for me, just to see some, the the looks on the faces of the fans when it was assured that the Lions were going to win. I mean, on three decades without a playoff win what three three decades since you played a home playoff game, if I'm correct on that. Yep. That that to me was a story. And of course I'm partial to Jared Goff being that he's a Murray Catholic alum. I wanted to see him be successful. And and it 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 I think it was some measure of satisfaction for him to to beat the Rams, his former team. But I think I just more so for the city of Detroit. I they I think they need this. The Lions fans, I mean you saw guys who would we're in their eighties, sitting there Season with their ticket with their, and, with their yeah. Lions Letterman jackets on, and that was that to me. That was that was the best part of that game.
0: In in crying, like full on, like ugly crying. I mean, it was awesome. It was just what like, does
1: ugly crying look like? Can you give us a description? It's, Tim, it's a radio <laughs> show. But, you know, <laughs> well, you're you, you just give your best description. It's
0: the of the Keystone Cops. That's yeah. a sight gag. Just you go <laughs> up. Crying. It's not. It has to have some snot in
1: it like stuff's okay. coming down. So, was that stayed, so
0: hard? And then using you know, your sleeves. The is, there,
1: like... is there saliva involved in this or
2: possibly?
0: Okay. Possibly. I, all I mean, right. You know, it's it's more right. of a
2: snot and tears. All right. Right. I mean. all right. Next subject. Oh, but so, no, but going oh, back no, to Brian. going going back to Detroit though. I, I, I 100% wholeheartedly agree. I mean, obviously we wanted to see Goff when He started off really hot. Or the the Lions started off really hot in that game, and then they seemed to cool off really fast. So, but you you worried about the Rams; they they played it really close, and it was also really cool to see Stafford kind of give some love over to a lot of the Lions coaching coaching staff. And that was that was that was a cool thing to do. And he said, "What's up to Megatron or Calvin Johnson?" And yeah, Barry
0: Barry was there. Barry, Um, yeah. So, so M&M, don't forget M&M, Eminem. Yeah, M&M Eminem was there, huh? <laughs> He's yeah. a big eight mile guy. So the thing that was also surprising was how tough Stafford is. He took yeah. one hit where Aiden some hit him and then another guy
1: came and just basically hit him and I,
0: hit him I, right off the thought, top. I
1: thought that was a for sure concussion. I was yeah. shocked that he came back in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was too. Uh, But I will say this, and you see it, Packers, Texans, Rams, there's a lot of good young football teams Mm -hmm. in the NFC that are going to be good for a pretty long time. So their windows, I think is just opening again, they've done a really good job of rebuilding the Rams, obviously done a great job of rebuilding Detroit, great job of rebuilding the Texans. So there's just really just. It's going to be, it's going to be really good for the next few years. So, but let's move on to the, since we're in an ice box now, but <laughs> do you think they should have moved the Chiefs game, Brian? No, I don't think no. so. I, I think like earlier in the
2: day where it has maybe Oh oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Earlier in the day. Okay. Yeah. That, that would probably be more prudent kind of for <laughs> everyone. Yeah. That, that probably would have been good. Obviously, you weren't going to have the issue like with that. What was it the Bills, the Bills game?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a whole other together.
2: debacle. But I mean, it looked it looked friggin' cold. I mean, watching that, I, I didn't watch. Actually, I only watched like the pregame because I didn't get Peacock.
1: I on, on <laughs> you, you didn't spend the six ninety nine and then cancel it like any of us. Well, yeah. I
2: I had I had free Peacock. But I didn't know it was the premium version, which you uh, have to pay extra. So I didn't, I didn't realize that. But uh, yeah, it, it would have been probably nice if they moved it up earlier today. Yeah. I
0: knew that would
1: have been helpful to a lot of people. You, you know what? You know what's worse than having to get Peacock? What? Well, having to walk your relatives how to get Peacock. <laughs> that process is, I don't think no man on earth should be able to. It's, it's, it's ugly. terrible. It's a terrible thing to do.
0: But <laughs> do you think they should have moved the game?
1: No. It's just, yeah, the weather uh, sucked. But hey, you know the Forty ers played uh, the Packers two years ago. It was snowing. The temperature was felt like two degrees. Uh, a few years ago, they played in it. I think it was negative five. So I, I think you move a game when there's a lot there when it's serious injury can uh, occur. And you saw that with the with the Buffalo game. But in, in the Kansas City case, it was just downright cold. Now, would I have gone to that game? No. I would have stayed home. But that's me. Um if the Niners were playing? I would not have gone. If you got a free ticket. I would not have gone. I would I, not have I, gone. I would have gone. I would have been back at the yeah. hotel and with the temperature cranked to 80. <laughs> John, I'll go with you. if that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, you, guys, you guys would send me text messages with pictures like, look, isn't this fun? And I'd be like, mm-hmm, holding up a drink like in my shorts, like Brian is right now. And, Sixty degree, Nevada, California.
0: <laughs> they were actually encouraging fans to bring cardboard to the game to stand on it or sit on it because it's a better insulator to keep you warm.
1: Well, I got that's how cool of, it was. I have plenty of cardboard for you and Brian if you ever do that, John.
0: Okay, well, we got Lambo on the schedule for next. I year. I got
1: Amazon comes to my house so often I'll be happy to give you my Prime box. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, and I was about to ask you
1: where where does all
0: this
2: cardboard come from? So here, you are Your Prime box. There you go.
1: That's all you need, Brian.
0: Well, let's talk about the uh, the not so fortunate. Which are the Eagles and the Cowboys. Well, first so
1: of all, can, can we, I'll just say one thing more thing about the Chiefs game? Because all we do was talk about the weather and how much Amazon oh, sure. I get. <laughs> okay. I, I I looked at that game. I was really even though the weather conditions were bad, mm-hmm. how poor the Dolphin D- offense played. They basically yeah. had two plays to Tyreek Hill, and that was it. And I know that I know the conditions. I know the win. I I get all that. But to come out and really just kind of lay an egg like that, that was that that was just was a disappointment. I really thought Tua and their offense would be able to generate a lot more than they did. So anyway, I just want to make that statement. But yes, John, the Eagles, the happiest team in the NFL. So let's start with the, the news of the day. Yes.
0: So, Brian, Mike McCarthy is coming back yeah. for another year. Everybody was like, fire fire everybody in the, the Cowboys organization. Get rid of Dak. Get rid of Quinn. Get rid of McCarthy. What are you thinking about them calling McCarthy coming back for a year?
2: If you were to compare Fire Sirianni versus Fire McCarthy, I I am in the belief that McCarthy would be fired first over Sirianni in any... In, Nine times out of 10. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, I, I just think they just really underplayed rest of the, of this, this game. And they, they downplayed probably playing the seventh seed. They, they didn't, they didn't prep well for it. Obviously it shows and they got taken out at home and that's embarrassing and coaches are fired for that. So there was a lot of expectations. Dak was having an MVP-ish type of year. C.D. Lamb was playing his lights out. I, I really and Micah Parsons obviously was doing Micah Parsons things. So th- yeah, that's one thing where I actually thought he was going to be let go
1: because they just seemed to be under underprepared for this game. Yeah, yeah. I got. I have to agree with Brian. I was very surprised when you said that he was going to be retained, John, because my immediate reaction was. You, you lose three times in a row in the playoffs. I mean, when the Forty ers played the Cowboys in the last two, in the last two uh, years, those games were close. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas was in a position to, to win both of those games. This game was just, they were just soundly defeated. And at that point, I just thought the frustration level is going to boil over and a decision is going to be made more on emotion than actual reason, but when you mentioned it, John, I I did a quick search and it actually, it's starting to make a little more sense. Um, Jerry Jones hung on to Jason Garrett, the coach before, Mm -hmm. before McCarthy for years until Mm -hmm. finally it just was there and he was not going to give him over the hump. So in that case, it's like, yeah, I I can fire McCarthy, but who am I going to replace him with? And the Cowboys are going to go into the offseason with a lot of overhaul that's going to have, where there's going to be a lot of impact to their roster, more so than than previous years. There's a lot of people they have to sign. There's going to be people that they lose. And what? how, how are they going to counter that? So I think in Jones's mind, he's like, listen, I got to make a lot of decisions in, in the offseason about who we can bring back. Who we want to target and who we can afford to let go, and also bringing in a brand new head coach. I don't know if that's really yeah. The time. Yeah, so it's reminding
0: me a lot of Marty Schottenheimer, guy who was really, really good in a, in a regular season, but just couldn't seem to put it together in the postseason for whatever team. I mean, I, he took I don't know how many teams of playoffs: the Chiefs, the Chargers, the yeah. Redskins, the Browns. Um, Browns. Well, can't forget game. the Browns. Can't forget the Browns. <laughs> but he was always a winner. So you always coach. And, and McCarthy's kind of reminded me of that because 12 and five, three straight years. He's done a, he's done a decent job there. He just hasn't gotten down to where they want to go. So, but again, and then so it's always like, okay, well, if you get rid of McCarthy. You're going to get, obviously, Bill Belichick's the big one name. But there's also Mike Vrabel who would probably be a decent coach in there as well. So, yeah, I think the Cowboys, other than the, with that, a lot of teams, they have to re-sign Dak. That's going to be 60 million a year. CD Lamb's now up for an extension, which will be 20 million a year. Then you have Michael Parsons. He's got a lot of BOSA money. So it's, and then, okay. You, you do that, you become very top heavy. And yet the middle of the defense hasn't been fixed. So the Cowboys got some issues and this was their real, one of their best chances to make it, which is why it's so disappointing, but let's go to my favorite hometown team, Do it. <laughs> because if you think the Cowboys can freak out Well, I got a team in Philadelphia, that can go just a little bit nuttier than you think. So I'm going to show
1: is exhibit a, because. The guy because Nick Sirianni had a box of popcorn thrown at him. Is that did you guys see that on social I media? I did. I did. Oh, no, I, yeah. Okay. Well, I just I guess if if you want to illustrate the freak out of Philadelphia, then get your popcorn ready. Yeah, exactly. He was um, walking
2: out, he was walking out of the stadium and there was one person right at like the corner of right under the tunnel and yeah. Eagles fan. Yeah. up. For, Bucket of popcorn.
1: Fortunately, security grabbed him. I think yeah. he, I, was obviously thrown out of the game. I think he might have been cited. So, which I am happy with because there's no. I don't mean look. I get angry at the Niners, but I'm not throwing things at the team because they're a lot bigger than I am. So I would never. do that. <laughs> in I our seats are way too high up. Well, yeah, this is also true. <laughs> Although
0: I don't know if you saw it in the Buffalo Steelers game, there was a fan who actually got a snowball really. Close to a wide receiver when he's
1: trying to catch the ball. Yeah, I did see that. I, I honestly thought it was a flag for a moment.
0: Uh, anyway, <laughs> so getting back to Sirianni. So, Tim, should the Eagles get a new coach.
1: It wouldn't surprise me if they do. I think. What are you getting with Sirianni? And are you, you know, is he the guy? Well, I, it just comes down: to, is he the guy that's going to be able to to write this ship? And Make them a contender next year. I think in McCarthy's case, yeah, because we've seen the, the evidence of, as you said, he's had th- three 12 win seasons in a row. He just can't get it done in the he playoffs. Did win a Super Bowl. Two. He did win a Super Bowl with the Packers. Excellent point, Brian. Sirianni, he got the team to the Super Bowl. But after the game against the 49ers, this has been probably the biggest collapse in an NFL team we've seen in, I'm going to go 10, 20 years. They
2: yeah. they had a two uh, game lead on the Niners, right? They I, did. Yeah.
1: And uh, you thought, I mean, well, when the Niners beat the Eagles and we reviewed the game, it just seemed to me that these teams were going to face each other again at the playoffs. I really felt that the Eagles were a juggernaut. And then to lose what five of your last six you lose to the Seahawks you lose to the Cowboys you lose to the New York Giants and, Cardinals, and, the Cardinals. and the Cardinals I mean this team just imploded and then you get reports of it's a toxic locker room and Sirianni's lost the team I don't know how you fix that with Sirianni so In that case, John, yeah, I think he probably, I think it's time for a coaching change because if you lose the locker room and you don't, and people aren't going to listen to you, and we talked so much about vision Mm -hmm. at the outset, what's the Eagles' vision? I don't know if they have one right now. I don't, in fact, they they don't. So in that case, I think, yeah, a change needs to be made.
0: Brian, what do you think?
2: No, I was kind of toying with this one, but I, I, I'm still under the belief you you give him one more chance. I think they were playing really well for the beginning of the season. Now, albeit they did squeak out a lot of those wins to make that ten and one record in that mm-hmm. in that first stretch, um, you know, I know their defense probably played stronger earlier in the season, but I'm still kind of drifting towards him of of and John of probably keeping him for one more year. I mean, he's proven himself as a coach. He's proven himself as an innovator. He's kind of pushed out the, well, the tush push has been kind of the, the blade of your of, of mm-hmm. the Eagles. So, and he definitely goes for it a lot at fourth down. So, and he's, he's made it. So I think, I think he sticks around for one more year. And then if the locker room is still distraught, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if like a mid season change next year, but I think he still deserves the benefit of the doubt. And I think he's probably going to last one more, at least go into next season as being the head coach.
0: Yeah, the Eagles are also another one that's in a bit of trouble because they're a somewhat older team. The reports are, you know, Jason Kelsey's retiring, he's not retiring. but he's 36. You've yeah. got Fletcher Cox and Brandon Saley. They're all pretty, pretty old. They just signed Hearst to a massive deal, which is going to start to impact their salary cap. So they've got some, some, and again, they have a lot of issues with the linebacker in the middle of the field. Obviously they have guys in the wide receiver and running by their offense is actually fine. It's their defense. That's, that's broken.
1: Well, so, so the coaching of the defense.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, if, when you say Matt Patricia is an upgrade, you're like, mm. but are you sure, what about, would, that? sure, sure. about that? Sure What I would say is what the Eagles should should be doing is figuring out who do we want to be yeah and that's like a jeff lurie Howie roseman thing because if they figure out like these are the things we need to do and the the players that we need to have on this team and then you if you you get that then you're like okay victory on the guy or Mm -hmm. no he's not we have to find somebody else to to do it so it's the whole thing that's interesting about all this is the two big names there's three big coaching names out there right now there's there's Vrabel, there's belichick and there's jim harbaugh and what would be really interesting is how where these guys are going to end up because Vrabel might not be a bad one at the eagles he's kind of a blue collar guy um you know very defensive minded has had success with the titans um, you know, and then Herbaugh, he's going to go to Atlanta or thing. But then Belichick, I don't see in, in Philly. But we'll do one last thing before we we move on. Jim, what are your thoughts on on Bill Belichick and and where he might end up? Because
1: I I I think you 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 believe at first thought you're getting the Bill Belichick who won all those Super Bowls, took him took the Patriots to all those Super Bowls the legendary coach that's the bill Belichick you're getting you're not getting that bill belichick you're getting the bill belichick who over the last what two three seasons has not been successful and let let's talk about two two other examples remember when jimmy johnson came in and he he came out of retirement and he, and he coached the miami dolphins yeah. yeah he made the playoffs but no one ever really talks about that um you know, it's just that's the kind of coach I, I I think you're you're getting there, and and I just don't see how the Bill Belichick idea is like. Well, if we just plug in this guy, everything's going to be fine. I I don't see that. I, I don't see that happening. Not in this case. So I mean, let's go another one. I mean, George Seifer, he went to Carolina. He ends up coaching a team. and he has a one one in fifteen uh, record. So. There, there are multiple examples of coaches who they were successful with one team and then they go to another. I mean, hey, Mike Shanahan takes the Broncos to two Super Bowls. He goes to Washington, can't, you know, the same success. Granted, I think a lot of that was Dan Snyder, who yeah. you obviously know how I well, feel about him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's not so, hey, well, you get, it, I think the, the simplest answer is, is from you're so emotional about the loss. You got to fire this guy, bring this guy in and everything's going to be fine. And it doesn't work like that. It takes mm-hmm. a long time for that coach to come in This is the, this is the vision I have. This is the philosophy I'm going to coach with. This is my personality. And that takes a while to put together.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only guys that I've seen do it are part of the Belichick Parcells
1: tree and that's I'll give you one more example. If I could, I know I'm sorry to cut you off. Bill Parcells. Great coach with the giants. Had also, he took uh, took the Patriots to the super bowl. He goes to Dallas. Mm -hmm. Not as much success.
0: Well, the other one would be Tom Coughlin. Took the the Jags all the way to the AFC Championship and won Super Bowls with the New York Giants. So you know it's it's possible they all come from that Parcells tree, right? Which is kind of interesting. But Brian, your thoughts on on Mister Belichick? Oh, I was trying to think about this
2: while we were while you were going on that on that discussion point, Tim. But I I, after Tom Brady left, who did he bring in? He brought in Cam Newton, then Matt. Mac, Mac and cheese. yeah, And so Cam Newton was supposedly going to be the answer. I, I just don't see that kind of happening. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Tim. I I, I don't see him kind of coaching anywhere anymore or, or or, maybe he will. Those are my surprises. But I think the hottest commodity, I'll be honest, I think is Jim Harbaugh. I think he's going to come back to the NFL. And mm-hmm. I think we talked about it a while ago, maybe even last week, that we we think he might be coming to a team down in south south southern Nevada. So, I think he's kind of leaning towards that way. I think he's the next coach to kind of come back, but we'll see. I don't think Belichick's going to come back this year. Maybe he'll take a year off. I mean, he had been coaching for like twenty something years. So, I think he, I think he, I think he'll just stay out of it for one year and see what happens. So,
0: yeah, I think I, I think Harbaugh is going to end up at the Chargers. I mean, it's in California. And he's got, he's got Justin Herbert. I mean, also,
1: it's also uh, something after many, many years of winters in Ann Arbor, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Rabel, I think is the most interesting because he's still fairly young and he's, he's done, he's done well. Belichick, someone's gonna take a flyer at him, my guess would be Atlanta. But I, I, I just, I don't think he's gonna, I, I just, and I hope I'm it wrong. I just don't think he's going to be able to do it. It's, he's 72. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. yeah. But on that note, let's get back to more important days, which is the Niners. So, Brian, final thoughts? After final thoughts. Day. Final thoughts.
2: I'm going to be there, as we talked about, on Saturday. Um, I, have a,
0: I have a very random question for you. Yes, sir. Are you having chicken wings? Do they have chicken wings at the game? They have chicken tenders,
1: not the same thing. Oh, I'm gonna have
2: to,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna have to do something about that. Bake them, put them in a ziploc bag, even in the parking lot. Yeah, that's what you exactly. need to do.
0: Good. Call. Well, is there, are you are you having the tailgate with your cousin? We are. Yeah. Then we you are. need to have them have chicken wings.
1: I, I shout out to Ryan. We need some chicken wings.
0: Okay. All right. I'm gonna have to
2: probably cook them, bake them, and then put them with
1: me on the the train slash bus that's coming with Niners Nation. Yeah. Appreciates it. Yeah, Yeah. wherever it doesn't work. So anyway, thoughts, final thoughts,
0: other than your chicken wings.
2: I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I think as we've kind of talked about here, I don't think the Niners are going to take Green Bay at all for granted in any way whatsoever, but Green Bay is a good team. They got a strong quarterback. They've got a strong running back. But I do think, knock on wood, the Niners will take care of business
1: on Saturday. I think this, over the last three years, 49ers have been in the playoffs, 21, 22, and now this year, and I would say even go back to 19, I think this is the strongest roster the 49ers have had in terms of just overall talent. And the 49ers, I mean, look, as I said before, this is when people need to shine. Your playmakers step up and do the things that they're capable of. If the 49ers are able to do that, I think overall talent wise, they're going to win the game.
0: Yeah, I, I'm feeling, I mean, feel pretty... let me
1: backtrack on it. Cause I don't want to anger the football gods. If the 49ers do that, I think they can be successful. There we go.
0: <laughs> so last week I had my final Bosa run 10 and a half miles, and I'm also training for a half marathon, with Tim. Yes. And in, in March and my, my plan said seven. So I'm like. All right, I'm just doing seven. I'll just done. I'll do this Bosa run anymore. As I got into the run, I'm like, if I don't do the Bosa run and they lose, I will never ever hear the lat any of it from I'll hear all the time. Like, well, you should have done the Bosa run, you jake the team. So I kept trudging. I gave my ten and a half. So I've put up my sacrifices to the football gods. We've appeased Mr. Pigskin, God of war football. Good job. Um, good job. And I think again, the Niners have more talent than the Packers. They have to execute. If they execute, they should be very successful. It's going to be great to have the home crowd going to be in full throats. 5. PM start on the, on the West coast, red zone. Red end zones will be in effect. Jerry Rice will be running across the field. It's going to be a, it's going to be a sight and I I think the Niners are prepared to, to do well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to heading down to Reston and and watching it with my brother, where we will also be having chicken wings yes, uh, and finest meats and cheeses, and Girl Scout cookies. So
2: always delectable
0: (laughs) quite an American meal (laughs) and yeah, it should be fun. So. On that I, note, I got one well, uh, question
2: for you, John. Yes. If let's say Bosa gets three sacks
0: this No, week. don't don't go down this road.
2: No, no, no. You I'm know. just wondering, are you gonna add it to the ten and a half miles? Like any sacks he no, gets in the it's postseason? It's a regular season.
0: It's a regular season. Okay. Okay. Regular That's season. all I wanted
2: to know. Yeah. Or are you gonna start again? If it's no, like I'm
0: a... already doing the half marathon. I finished one <laughs> quest. Now I'm moving on to the other. And yes. I did consider that, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Keep keep your yes. Keep it yeah. keep it contained. There you go. Yeah, I started at the beginning of the season, regular <laughs> season. And I didn't switch to kilometers, which was, was <laughs> good. So awesome. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's gonna be I think it'll be fun. So Tim and I will will be watching and and hopefully cheering loudly. So on that note, Naira we're out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to talking to you next week, hopefully about the next game. So keep your faith and let's go Niners. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.